seeking connection, love, and belonging. When thinking about starting a relationship, you have to ask yourself, am I prepared to date in a healthy manner? Ask yourself, have I healed from a past or previous hurt from another relationship? Am I ready to open up my heart, ready to be honest about what I feel, to trust again and to share myself with another? You have to think about where you are physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, career-wise, and family-wise with bringing someone new into your space. What is it that you have that someone would want to build a relationship with? What do you offer the person that wants to settle down with you? What are you adept at doing? What talents, abilities, and skill sets do you bring to the relationship? That is the question. Now, um, talk about partners, partnerships. So be the type of person you would want in a partner. Someone you trust. Someone who is honest and open. This is different from just personality expectations. You may be quiet and reserved, yet want a partner who is out, outgoing and talkative. Seek out someone that you may be equally yoked with. Will dress up just for you. Will you wear stuff that brings out different parts of you for your partner? What type of person will you date? Somebody you have to fix? Women like to fix men because women were taught to be helpmates and to help make their man better. They like to have a project to fix their man and to improve him. And that is part of why women are attracted to the bad boy, which leads us into the good girl, bad boy relationship dynamics. Women often think that nice guys are boring, forgettable, bland, replaceable. That's poor self-marketing, man. See, men have to challenge women by stimulating their minds and piquing their interests. A man doesn't want a woman to think that she can do better than him. She feels that she deserves more than a bland, boring date. She craves excitement. So men who are too nice, bland, and boring are probably hiding their personality due to trying to please a parent during childhood. They do this by being nice and pleasing to get love and attention from a narcissistic parent or from a codependent parent who could only focus on the other parent and not the child. He did not learn to make an impact and then learn how to make themselves stand out. They hid their true personality just to please their mother and father. Now getting back to uh, adult relationships. Okay, once you are in a healthy relationship with yourself, you can begin to engage in a healthy relationship with someone of the opposite sex or same sex for that matter, from a place of wholeness instead of neediness. 
A key component to this is really digging deep to know your own love language and that of your significant other. Now, Gary Chapman, he's the, the author of the five love languages. And he says that the five love, love languages is about what people need and how they express that. So Gary believes everyone in the world wants to feel love and to be appreciated by someone, particularly by a parent or by a spouse. The solution is in the problem it's itself. What makes one person feel love does not make the other person feel love. It is not money problems or arguments or cheating. The love is gone or you don't feel love or passion anymore. So what is it? What should you do? Because So Gary says you can do a lot of things to show your partner love, but if it's not the, the way that your partner needs to be shown love, or if it is not expressed in your spouse or partner's love language, then the relationship will still be lacking in the right expression of love. So we'll talk about the five love languages that Gary was talking about. Now the five love languages of love are number one, words of, words of affirmation. Number two is gifts as expressions of love. Number three is acts of service. Number four is spending quality time together. And number five is touching one another. See, everyone wants love expressed to them in one or two of these ways. When you learn your partner's number one love language and your partner learns your number one love language, it is pretty much guaranteed that the two of you will see love go to the next level. It changes everything to knowing your partner's love language and the expression, the expression of it on a consistent basis. So the love language or scenario, let me give you an example. Your man is doing a lot of chores around the house, yet you are still not happy. Why not? Because he's doing a lot of household chores and that's okay, but he never or rarely sits down to talk with you. You want a man who will open up and share his deepest feelings, his fears, and happiness with you. That's your love language. Spending quality time together and words of affirmation are very important to you. It could be that you love touching, feeling, hand-holding, but for sure it is not acts of service that you want. But this is what your man is doing. This is what he's giving you. Now, this is just an example. So, oftentimes, that is a sign of his love language, not your love language. He does for you what he thinks will make you happy because it makes him happy. He does for you what he thinks will make you happy because it's what makes him happy. Now, you can show him more love by doing acts of service for him, like cooking dinner, fixing his plate, washing his clothes, you know, etc., etc. Then he's sitting and talking, talking with you more, going, going for walks, holding hands, and spending quality time with you. So you will both fall in love with each other all over again, and your relationships will rise to the next level of love. 
that means that your love tank will be running on full instead of being near empty. Keep your love tank full or keep your love tank full of fear by practicing your partner's love language. You got to get these love languages down pat. Words of affirmation can be, it can be used to uplift your partner, to affirm your partner, and to show appreciation for your partner. They want to feel appreciated. So say things that matter to your spouse, to your mate or to your partner, or even your children for that matter, because your children have a love language also. No two kids are the same. You know, but tell them, like if you're talking to your your spouse, if you're a male talking to your, you know, your female spouse, say your dress looks sexy on you, you know. Or you can tell your man, hey, your suit fits you nicely. You may say, I love the color of your eyes. Those shoes give you swag. You know, also affirmation starting to you know, stating you notice and appreciate things like, you know, different acts that they do, services that they do, or deeds, you know, such as when your love, you know, your loved one wash your car for you, you know, cleans the house, cooks, mow the grass, wash the dishes, walk the dog, clean the bathroom. You know, for some people doing deeds, you know, for them, it shows love. Now, for other people, it don't. But for some people, when you're doing stuff like that, it makes them fall in love with you even more. And then there are, you know, those that their number one thing is they like uh, receiving gifts. So receiving gifts is another way. Um, it's another way that some people like to be shown love. And, and this includes holidays, birthdays, you know, and really anytime. It don't have to be a birthday or a holiday and it don't have to be a big gift. You know, it can be some small and intimate, uh, but they just like to receiving gifts. It's not just the thought that counts, but the follow through. And, you know, that matters more than anything to a person that likes receiving gifts. It doesn't have to be expensive, but it should be sentimental, you know, and very meaningful to that person. So if gifts are your partner's number one love language, they would they would cherish everything you give them. They would possess that until the day they die them. And, you know, so they love presents that comes from you. And they will love you eternally for that. That's going to escalate their feelings for you. That's going to take your love, your love life to the next level. Now, we got many partners want to, you know, want love expressed to them by spending quality time together. Communicating sitting talking intimately, taking walks together, or going on vacation together. Togetherness is their number one love language. And, you know, last but definitely not least is the expression of touch. The emotional power of physical touch, hugs and kisses and hand-holding and rubbing and sexing, you know, each person has an emotional connection to at least two of these expressions of love uh, but for sure there's five different love languages now they may be expressed in a thousand different ways but there's truly only five uh, real love languages so most anything you do in expression expressing love language will be summed up as one of you know one of the two of those five love languages expressed by couples 
most of the partners in love has one primary love language and they have a secondary love language. This is how you need to be shown love in order for you to feel loved, to feel valued, to feel appreciated by your partner. Now in a marriage or partnership, it is seldom that a couple has the exact same love language. Most time you, you, you're not gonna have the same love language that your partner has, you know, but it does happen, but not often. Um, it creates a strong sexual bond when that emotional connection is constant in that relationship. But when it's not integrated in the relationship, the relationship becomes mediocre at best. You know, but love never really escalates to the next, you know, to, to that next level. Like Barry White was talking about that love ecstasy. So create a full love tank by expressing your, your mate's love language and your mate express your love language to you. Now these love languages can also be directly applied to your children as as well. Like, like I said, your children have a love language also. You have to know what each one of their love language is and have that expressed to them. And your kids will love you and do probably anything that you say or ask. They need to be showed love. Love need to be expressed in one of you know in, in one of two ways. It is so very important to know the way your child needs love expressed to them. Just like it's good to know um, your partner need, you know, expressing love to them as well. So once the foundation of a healthy self-love is laid down and we know our love languages and those that we are in a relationship with, we know their love language, we can begin to dive deeper into really healing our, our lives and doing the inner healing work necessary to become, to become free from all that keeps us from walking in total life mastery. To do this requires actively knowing and using tools, strategies, therapists, practices that will help bring deep healing from the inside out. Many of us are locked up or doing more time than we should have simply because we didn't know the court system nor how the game is played among lawyers, judges, and DAs. In the game of life, you must understand first the rules to the game. Then after understanding the rules to the game, you must develop a strategy to win. The fact that you are someone you know was charged with an offense does not mean that you committed the crime. A charge is not a conviction. A judge must determine your guilt or innocence. If you are not able to post bond by your court date, you will be in jail until an officer escort you into the court wearing an orange jumpsuit. Before I go any further, I want to pose a fear coaching question based on some frequently asked questions by previous people that have been charged with a crime. What preparation should you make before going to court? How should you conduct yourself in court? Do you know what to do and say when standing before a judge? Or when are you prepared for either outcome, win or lose? Oh, you know your rights in the court of law, right? 
If you don't show up for court, do you know what your consequences and choices are? What preparations should you make before going to court? Talking with your lawyer in advance should be your objective because the more your lawyer knows about your case, the more equipped your lawyer will be to help you in the courtroom. Also, be sure to dress appropriately and bring your uh, papers that are relevant to your case. Matter of fact, bring some money, any witness that can testify in your favor, and so forth. You and your lawyer may decide on a continuance so you would ask the court to reschedule. How will you conduct yourself while in court? Sounds silly, right? You'll be surprised. The best strategy is to arrive early, find your name on the listing outside the courtroom, go inside, sit quietly, and listen for your name when called. Just answer present unless your lawyer has stated otherwise. If you do get there late, hopefully the DA will do a second roll call. If you don't hear your name called during a break or recess, check with the person calling roll to verify that you are present, you are in the right courtroom, and it's the right day for you for them to have your case. Do you know what to do and say when standing standing before a judge. Usually the assistant DA will read the charges against you and then ask how do you plead. You can say one out of three things which are not guilty, you deny the charges, guilty, admit the charges, or plead no contest and the judge will give you your punishment while you're standing there, there before him. Now, if it's a felony, the district court judge will give you another day to return to court because the felonies are heard in a in superior court. Are you prepared for either outcome? You may have to pay a fine and a cost to court. You may be placed on probation and suspended sentence, meaning, you know, going to jail if you violate probation, community service, or restitution. At worst, you may be given an active sentence and go straight to jail for a time period set by the judge. Do you know your rights of court? Do you know your rights in a court of law? Know that you have the right to get your lawyer and if you can't afford one, then the court will see if you qualify for a court-appointed lawyer, it's not free. However, if they find you guilty, you will be ordered to pay the court-appointed lawyer fees, and you will have to, to, to fill out an affidavit form at the clerk of court's office. Oh yeah, you had the right to remain silent. Now, if found guilty, you can appeal the judge ruling and you can ask for a 12-people jury trial. But you must let the judge know within 10 days that you wish to appeal his decision. You can also get out on bail if you pay the amount of money specified for you to be released from jail until your court date. Now, in order to stay out of jail until your court date, you must follow the conditions he or she set for you or you will be locked up right back until your, your court date. If you don't go to court, 
do you know what your choices and consequences are? Understand this up front. An order for your arrest will be issued immediately if you miss court. Go by the clerk's office if you miss court to ask for another court date. This may or may not be given to you and they may revoke your driving license also. Violations of the law are called infractions and do not carry any active jail time and are heard in district court. Now, misdemeanors are offenses that are heard in district court and may carry a small amount of jail time depending on your you know, uh, prior criminal record. The really serious offenses are called felony cases and they result in a year-long sentence or more or in prison, as they call on the yard. Because felonies are breaking, uh, like breaking and entering, assault and battery, rape, selling drugs, murder, forgery, and embezzlement. Now, just to explain the difference in the court system, keep in mind that there are criminal courts and civil courts. The criminal court cases revolves around cases like we just talked about. However, civil court cases are more domestic and revolves around divorce, child support, custody hearings, visitation rights and division of marital property or partnership property. These are domestic issues and disputes. If you need to file for a civil case, you may file at the small claims if it's $5,000 or less at district court if it's less than than $10,000. If it's more then you would have to file your case with Superior Court. Small claims may be at the Sheriff's Office or Magistrate's Office. You can verify the cost by calling the Clerk of Superior Court and find out the current cost. Also, if you want a 12-people jury trial, your trial, you have to make a request to the courts. Remember to get a lawyer and work closely and honestly with your lawyer you got to work as closely with your lawyer as possible. If you don't think you have the right lawyer as possible, if you don't think you have the right lawyer, then feel free to pursue another lawyer or a team of lawyers that you feel will represent you well. Also, in a civil case disputes that revolve around contracts and personal injury cases, contract disputes are generally over agreement for the payment of money for goods and services. Now, personal injury cases are more about claims to recover damages, money, for any injury sustained due to something somebody else may have caused. In civil cases, you have to get your lawyers instead of expecting court-appointed lawyers. Then if you lose your civil case, you have to request an appeal to the courts of appeal. Don't be late for a civil case if you are the planter, the planter, because your case can be dismissed. If you are late and you are the defendant and it continues your case or in a, a plea against you, I am not advocating that you have a life coach instead of a lawyer in no form or fashion. However, I am saying it's good to have a life coach as a push partner anytime. 
But if you are fighting a court battle, ain't nothing like a good lawyer that got your back from start to finish. As your coach, I'm here to get to get you to thinking and making informed decisions and taking the right action. Many of us are locked up or doing more time than we should have simply because we didn't know the court system nor how the game is played among lawyers, judges, and DAs. In the game of life, you must understand first the rules to the game. Then after understanding the rules to the game, you must develop a strategy to win. The fact that you are someone you know was charged with an offense does not mean that you committed the crime. A charge is not a conviction. A judge must determine your guilt or innocence. If you are not able to post bond by your court date, you will be in jail until an officer escort you into the court wearing an orange jumpsuit. Before I go any further, I want to pose a fear coaching question based on some frequently asked questions by previous people that have been charged with a crime. What preparation should you make before going to court? How should you conduct yourself in court? Do you know what to do and say when standing before a judge? Or when are you prepared for either outcome, win or lose? Oh, you know your rights in the court of law, right? If you don't show up for court, do you know what your consequences and choices are? What preparations should you make before going to court? Talking with your lawyer in advance should be your objective because the more your lawyer knows about your case, the more equipped your lawyer will be to help you in the courtroom. Also, be sure to dress appropriately and bring your uh, papers that are relevant to your case. Matter of fact, bring some money, any witness that can testify in your favor, and so forth. You and your lawyer may decide on a continuance, so you would ask the court to reschedule. How will you conduct yourself while in court? Sounds silly, right? you'll be surprised. The best strategy is to arrive early, find your name on the listing outside the courtroom, go inside, sit quietly, and listen for your name when called. Just answer present unless your lawyer has stated otherwise. If you do get there late, hopefully the DA will do a second roll call. If you don't hear your name called during a break or recess, Check with the person calling roll to verify that you are present, you're in the right courtroom, and it's the right day for you for them to have your case. Do you know what to do and say when standing, standing before a judge? Usually, the assistant DA will read the charges against you and then ask, how do you plead? You can say one out of three things which are not guilty, you deny the charges, guilty, admit the charges, or plead no contest, and the judge will give you your punishment while you're standing there 
there before him. Now, if it's a felony, the district court judge will give you another day to return to court because the felonies are heard in a in superior court. Are you prepared for either outcome? You may have to pay a fine and a cost of court. You may be placed on probation and suspended sentence, meaning, you know, going to jail if you violate probation, community service, or restitution. At worst, you may be given an active sentence and go straight to jail for a time period set by the judge. Do you know your rights of court? Do you know your rights in a court of law? Know that you have the right to get your lawyer and if you can't afford one, then the court will see if you qualify for a court-appointed lawyer. It's not free. However, if they find you guilty, you will be ordered to pay the court-appointed lawyer fees and you will have to, to, to fill out an affidavit form at the clerk of court's office. Oh yeah, you had the right to remain silent. Now if found guilty, you can appeal the judge ruling and you can ask for a 12 people jury trial. But you must let the judge know within 10 days that you wish to appeal his decision. You can also get out on bail if you pay the amount of money specified for you to be released from jail until your court date. Now, in order to stay out of jail until your court date, you must follow the conditions he or she set for you or you will be locked up right back until your, your court day. If you don't go to court, do you know what your choices and consequences are? Understand this up front. An order for your arrest will be issued immediately if you miss court. Go by the clerk's office if you miss court to ask for another court date. This may or may not be given to you and they may revoke your driving license also. Violations of the law are called infractions and do not carry any active jail time and are heard in district court. Now, misdemeanors are offenses that are heard in district court and may carry a small amount of jail time depending on your you know, uh, prior criminal record. The really serious offenses are called felony cases and they result in a year-long sentence or more or in prison, as they call on the yard. Because felonies are breaking, uh, like breaking and entering, assault and battery, rape, selling drugs, murder, forgery, and embezzlement. Now, just to explain the difference in the court system, keep in mind that there are criminal courts and civil courts. The criminal court cases revolves around cases like we just talked about. However, civil court cases are more domestic and revolve around divorce, child support, custody hearings, visitation rights, and division of marital property or partnership property. These are domestic issues and disputes. If you need to file for a civil case, you may file at the small claims if it's $5,000 or less at district court, if it's less than, than $10,000. If it's more, then you would have to file your case with superior court. 
Small claims may be at the sheriff's office or magistrate's office. You can verify the cost by calling the clerk of superior court and find out the current cost. Also, if you want a 12 people jury trial, your trial, you have to make a request to the courts. Remember to get a lawyer and work closely and honestly with your lawyer. You gotta work as closely with your lawyer as possible. If you don't think you have the right lawyer as possible, if you don't think you have the right lawyer, then feel free to pursue another lawyer or a team of lawyers that you feel will represent you well. Also, in the silver case disputes that revolve around contracts and personal injury cases, contract disputes are generally over agreement for the payment of money for goods and services. Now, personal injury cases are more about claims to recover damages, money, for any injury sustained due to something somebody else may have caused. In civil cases, you have to get your lawyers instead of expecting court-appointed lawyers. Then if you lose your civil case, you have to request an appeal to the courts of appeal. Don't be late for a civil case if you are the planter, the planter, because your case can be dismissed. If you are late and you are the defendant and it continues your case or in a, a plea against you, I am not advocating that you have a life coach instead of a lawyer in no form or fashion. However, I am saying it's good to have a life coach as a push partner anytime. But if you are fighting a court battle, ain't nothing like a good lawyer that got your back from start to finish. As your coach, I'm here to get to get you to thinking and making informed decisions and taking the right action. A-game, navigating the court system. The objective, objective number one, is determine the issue. What issue is most important for you to deal with today? Is it understanding the court system? Let's deal with that. Okay, the number two objective, determine your strengths, skill sets, and motivation. What are you ready to fight your case for in court today? Why are you ready to fight your court case today? Why have you decided now is a good time for you to navigate through the court system? What skill set can you utilize to help you understand and navigate through the court system better? What is your greatest strength that will help you understand and navigate through the court system? Objective number three is your actions, your activities, and your assignment. What action steps will you take today to begin navigating through the court system? Have you decided what things you can do to help yourself understand how to navigate the court system better? Your assignment is to write down the action steps you will take to begin navigating through the court system. Objective number four. Are they SMART goals? Are they specific? Are they measurable? Are they obtainable? Are they realistic? 
and do they have a timeline? How are you reaching these goals? Tell me the outcome.